0: Welcome to The Truth In Us Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, we're diving into a conversation with an intermedia artist known for blending ecology, technology, community into large scale projects, including the thought provoking Truth Project. Just makes sense. The Truth Project on The Truth In Us Art. My guest has exhibited from Korea to the United States and has an Emmy nomination. Please welcome the inventive, John Goldman. See, I'm 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 somewhat envious of like the goatee. I I don't have yeah. that. It's just as it, they say. Like I tried. I so so let me give you this this. You're concept. just
1: like my son. My son's got the same beard as you. <laughs> and I'm like I nothing grows here. That's what my brother. So has. That's why nothing. it's like that. And I didn't like the mustache because after a while, you know, the idea of you're saving food for later, right?
0: So <laughs> that's good. That's yeah. good. my um. We, I, I did a surprise trip and i took my partner a few weeks ago to see beyonce and oh uh, yeah so did
1: my daughter and she got covid
0: oh no <laughs> i hate to yeah hate to see it is, is everything all right Yeah, uh, because
1: yeah she's fine she walked around my house while her daughter was like with my wife and so
0: you know grand grandchildren Yeah. So, so, so doing it, I was like, all right, I'm usually wearing Carhartt and dirty track pants. Let me spruce it up a bit. So I trimmed down (laughs) my beard to like almost like just nothing, like the George Michael flavor, like five (laughs) o'clock shadow. And then I get there and I was like, all right, I need to be more of a recluse because somebody, you know, people try to test you sometimes. I was like, oh, hey, you look like you're a pushover. And I was like, I bet if I had my beard, you wouldn't think that. (laughs) That was a little, that was pretty much my energy. Well,
1: as soon as I could grow a beard, I did. Hmm. I mean, that was like forty heard, years
0: ago. I mean, but here, but here's the other thing, though. Like, yeah. um, I remember, and I was in high school. I had like these really like wild, gnarly sideburns, but I couldn't grow any facial hair. So, like, that's about twenty years ago. I'm like thirty eight, right? And it's one of those things where. When is this ever going to connect? That's, that's sort of the like. I don't think it ever will. Does your father? Um, he could not grow a strong beard. Uh, he's never been uh, a beard guy. Um, but my brother. I mean, I
1: saw my old man with a beard once. And it was red. So mine was first red when I started too. But I, I you know, this is this is the the true sign the true sign of geezerhood, ZZ topism, and and Good. And, and a real love of Doctor John. What can I tell you?
0: Nice, nice, <laughs> nice. Anything that
1: anything that comes out of the meters,
0: you know, it's all good. <laughs> I love it. So let me give you as I'm over here sweating because it's super hot in Baltimore. Um, oh, is it? Yeah, it's 110. And it's, it's not that bad. It's not that bad, but it's it's just super It's probably like 90 something, but it's oh, just really humid.
1: I could never, I could never live there. I could, ne- I grew up in Philadelphia, so I, ah. I, I that's why I live on the Cape. Are you kidding?
0: <laughs> I See, I travel up to Philly, and I've been trying to, like, get into that scene a bit more. Because um, mm-hmm. really really, what happens is, because I see a lot of similarities between Baltimore and Philly, and, yeah. you know, I try to go up there, and I did, like, a month worth of interviews. Like, literally, I put out one per day, or nearly one per yeah, day. Yeah, I, I saw. So, I'm planning on going back up and doing more. Black Star Film Festival reached out, and I did some interviews for them, and so that's that's cool. But it's it's still one of those things of when you talk to people and I had a lot of conversation about that today, about sort of funding, because oh. this is an unfunded project and I'm at this stage where it's cool. funding. Uh, yeah. Um, and Who well, doesn't? yeah. And, you know, then sort of the thing is, I, you know, get all of this sort of, hey, Rob, we love you what you do. And these different institutions or organizations will reach out. Because I can get to the people they can't t- get to. But then when it comes around, it's like, oh, yeah, we got we, we don't really have the funding for this and so on. And, oh, wait
1: a minute. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa.
0: Uh-huh. You see
1: my skin color? <laughs> you see my age? <laughs> Forget it. This is I, you know, I grew up in Philadelphia going to Quaker school. So it was all about equality. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, my my bottom line is you, it's impossible to get traction. It's very hard. And you only can do it by one thing, and that's perseverance. It just you have to do it for – and almost – okay, I have a great friend who is a, one of the best artists that I know, and I know a lot of artists. <laughs> He's 72. He's dying of um, – stomach cancer, I mean um, bladder cancer. Uh, but he's still working and we, he's building a plane, a biplane. I help, I'm i still helping him build this biplane which will use a computer, uh, a, a robot to both steer it and to disperse a genetically modified liquid that will temporarily change the color of what he sprays. So okay. he's basically... Painting with a biplane, a bi- painting with a biplane glider, <laughs> um, he's got a peg leg, he's a character. Um, and he, he's always telling me, Jonathan, forget about the money, just do the work. Yeah. Now, this guy has really, um, you know, he pioneered bio art art about biology yeah. art art using biology so one of the truths that i was going to tell you about um he is going to pull apart dna and spell the word truth wow it's called it's called kernel of truth um there's two of those that i'm working on on a nano scale mm-hmm. at mit nano lab Okay, um, one of which is called Grain of Truth, which uses silica, uh, and it and it does it with a scanning electron microscope, and so the word truth will be written onto that piece of silicone yeah. at a nano at a nanometer yeah. wide, and the other is uh, the kernel of truth, which is taking actually taking apart DNA. Yeah. The nucleotides, you know, you've seen the nucleotides. They go like this, right? Yeah. When you pull them apart, you can make them in an outline of the word. Got it. It's fucking cool. Anyway, so he's going to tell me how to do that, and we're working on that. So hopefully his surgery for removing his bladder isn't until October, so hopefully we can get something done between that and my son's wedding. It's all good. That is I got a lot of I got a lot of stuff going on. It's all crazy, but um, it's really I, I get it. I mean, ever since Reagan, we have struggled so hard to get money for the arts. It's been a real uphill battle because in this country, we really do not understand the value of cultural of, 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 of culture. We don't prioritize it. We don't. We barely teach it. We, if we teach it, sometimes we teach it poorly. Yeah. Um, when I meet young artists these days, one of the things that really astounds me is the the lack of knowledge of the history, you know. And you know, when you talk about art, one of the things that is really very important to my mind is that, you know, it it really depends on. Um, Time more than anything, more than anything. It's so, so if we're looking at the impressionists, we're talking about a new way of seeing, you know, where there's this weird collision between uh, science and art, uh, which starts really at the Renaissance with things like um, Kepler. And Leuvenhoek, who made, the, the, made the, uh, the microscope, you know, he's looking closer and closer. So you jump ahead maybe 50 years and you are now s- using the idea of atomic research or understanding atoms at a, ma- at a really, really micro scale. And so cubism gets to be a, a reflection of how that kind of thinking comes about. Yeah. And I, I come out of a school at MIT that, frankly, doesn't even exist anymore, which makes me insane. Don't get me started about <laughs> institutional change of, of important art movements in universities, which are also rare. But this was the, um, the American uh, version of the Bauhaus. Mm. Okay? Because Moholy-Nagy's uh, – Laszlo moholy Naj was the head of the photography department in Weimar. And he, when he came to the United States, he brought his 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 um, assistant whose name was Georgi Kepes. And Georgi Kepes was a Hungarian, they're both Hungarian. Uh, the, the, he was a Hungarian painter, um, photographer, and editor of many different publications but one of the publications that he did was called uh the landscape of vision and basically what he was trying to do was make these links between um visual thinking um so um the link between science and art is very old i mean look at da vinci of course but i mean but but the idea of those that can come up with ideas that are exceptional that are that are are um you know blazing new trails uh uh is a challenge and 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 so the center for advanced visual studies was basically formed by Kepesh as a way to be a european center of bringing all these people together from all these different disciplines um basically for our artistic exploration okay and so so um and I, that that for me who came from the theater. Okay. I came I'm from- I'm getting
0: theater. it off of you, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I can tell you all this stuff. i am going to be talking about this stuff way too long. But, um, you know, I, I, I basically, from a childhood, I was in the theater and I was, and then eventually I became a director and I, that's what I was trying to, and a designer. And so, but, but I, after working in the, in the theater in New York, on uh, 42nd Street, way before it was disnified, you know with with um with the the evangelicals on the corner screaming out of bullhorns you know repent yeah you know. <laughs> and the horrors that were on seventh avenue just like Paul simon you know writes about um uh working at the south street theater and um i saw everything at that point and this is like 1980. And I, you know, I knew I, I, I had uh, some great experiences. My first interview was with Joe Pap, who started, you know, the the, um, the public theater, and that was a nightmare. But, <laughs> but but he was a friend of my grandmother's, and my grandmother had trained as an opera singer, and she had a huge influence on me. In fact, that's you probably saw all the 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 louisiana story stuff and and all that um with with the father of modern uh, american um, documentaries she was his fixer mm. uh, louisiana um and her my my mother's side of the family all come from New Orleans. my father's side came from providence and he was a scientist and they met in woods hole and they kind, of rela- kind of a kind of a arranged marriage Um, my mother was beautiful and she was extraordinary and, and is still, uh, and my father was the pick of the scientific litter, so to speak. And that's how, and they both lost a parent when they were very young. And I think that, and they saw the world the same, but they they were divorced many, many years ago. In fact, I'm looking at a mountain across the water right now over in Camden where my, where my stepmother lives. Um, but uh, the interesting part of all this is that that when you start in one genre, so to speak, yeah. uh, you never know how it's going to go. You don't, you know, being in the theater is, while it is an accumulation of all the arts, it's also... Um, one of the hardest just like film it's one of the hardest of anything to do the cool news is <laughs> today with technology we can really do a lot of it ourselves at you, you visa vis me <laughs> this is what we do i mean when you learn tech and, you know, when you when you when you're hired by your father, not hired, that would be paid to go down <laughs> the basement and be the little Chinese slaves that are that are um, uh, soldering the, the, the color first color TV on your block. This is real. This is no, I'm not shitting you. This is what happened. And um, then you get the tech bug and you get that along the way it's also what's the coolest shit to come down the block that's basically what it was Mm -hmm. so i was a very early apple adopter for example right i I bought a 128 to write my thesis at mit and i think about that now and i think it reminds me of bill gates saying shit like what is anybody going to want to need more than 128k that's what he said right it's like what <laughs> anyway so i and i and i and i remember making early artworks on that little monitor it was about this big. i still have one actually and, and you know um it was all dot matrix but we would also do wild and crazy things like carved stone this is also with joe davis carved stone in in milwaukee from cambridge using a laser Car, losing a laser in, in Milwaukee and scaling this whole thing. So, I mean, it's just it's just fascinating that, that we get this kind of um, thinking if we're made aware of it, okay? So when I say, like, the hook stuff, you know, and how we see, this is stuff that still gets regurgitated. People like um, David um, Hockney who several years ago wrote the book trying to discuss how Vermeer painted with optics. Now, the optics were happening at the same time as mm-hmm. Leuvenhoek was developing. I mean, to have glasses in the in the Renaissance may explain why all of a sudden we're painting in three dimensions. I mean, think about it. Giotto, yeah. okay, you're just looking at me. You're looking at all the people standing next to me, but they're all on the two-dimensional plane. Right, 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 right. So, so that, but then you get Caravaggio, who looks like he's got a fucking camera. I mean, <laughs> beautiful. So he's one of my fa- absolute favorites. As as is Monet. You know, Monet makes the next leap, which is to say, I'm not going to use. Um, this is in the in the birth of the birth. This is the birth of realism. He's not going to use actors or models to stand for the paintings he's going to get real people at the burial site when he paints the burial at ornans and that all of that and the and the key to that as a piece of art of art history is is obvious in terms of the ability to render things very very well Um, And this is stuff that I learned at the Academy in Philadelphia. Well, We called it the Academy then, but now it's called the PAFA, Pennsylvania Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts, which is the oldest art school and the oldest museum in the country. And it was a block away from where I went to kindergarten to 12th grade, and what some are argued to be the oldest private school in the country, it's a Quaker school. This has nothing to do with Quakerism, <laughs> although <laughs> although the two things that I do belong to is I go to a Quaker meeting, which is that Quaker meeting, um, and then is this is the temple that I belong to, um, mostly for my wife, <laughs> uh, but I do it because I really like the guy. He's a nice guy, but anyway, I'm not religious. Um, I do. I do. My religion is creative thought, creative output. And that's where I spend most of my time. But the money part of it is really corrupted everything. And it is really, I think it is really fucked it all up. And it's gotten to be such a almost perverse, um, Place so that the Damien Hursts of the world can make, um, you know, crystal encru- encrusted skulls, or, you know, uh, uh, which is for the money. Yeah. Or, or Jeff Koons, who actually contracted yeah. us back in the day when I when when my wife and I had Goldman Arts when we were making large scale inflatable sculptures. Um, because he wanted us to make these balloons, but he really wanted them made out of permanent material. And the whole point why I was making inflatable stuff is because I was embracing this ephemeral thing. You know, you don't, even in your own house, you hang something on the wall, unless you are a curator or some kind of whack job that wants to move their artwork off the wall all the time and change it around, which is fine, great, do that. But I'm thank you that, that hanging stuff on a wall, um, you know, you, you you don't see it after a while.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? Helpful. You, you never into it. What's the thing that people people call it? Um, and I, I, I've used it in the past as an insult for people. It's like, you're wallpaper. You're, you're, just, yes. you're just ambiance. Yes. You're not a. Yes, um,
1: and even if it's my artwork, it drives me nuts. I, I've got this huge. From my from my animal series, right? I did a huge honeybee. I mean, yeah, it's gigantic. It's, <laughs> it's like probably 60 inches. Uh, the thing itself is probably 60 inches. Um, and then there's the paper that's all around it. But it's, um, you know, after a while, it, you don't see it. So I have to put it away because I don't want it to be trivialized in my own mind. Yeah. Or, 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 or in some ways taken for granted.
0: So let let me uh, let me let me step back because I'm I feel like I'm getting off yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm not even doing my job right now. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah it's okay I'm just talking. So you... No no no.
0: Um, and and I think that that you know that gives me a lot for sort of the the first question uh, my, my sort of introductory question which is sure. fantastic. So what I what I want to do now is kind of like shift into sort of like the, the the other elements of the interview. And I forgot to tell you, you've listened to this podcast before. So you know that you get the rapid fire questions as well. Everyone gets the rapid fire questions. All right,
1: that's fine.
0: All right. So here's this next question. Um, let's talk about the truth project a bit. You know, yeah. um, give us give us sort of like the rundown for, for folks who are unfamiliar, undepth as it were, and elaborate on some of the inspiration behind it. Um, yeah. Because you know the truth in his heart, the truth project just feels like you know it's a natural fit.
1: Well, for the time, for certain. I mean, when you start looking at stuff, mm-hmm. either in any media, that word comes up. I, I took some notes, so I'll be referring to those. But but basically, the first and most important thing is is was the was the Trump election. Okay, now I I have a special little inside knowledge because I worked for him. Uh, not directly I was a subcontractor but I was a subcontractor who got paid. That's huge when it comes to that guy. And the I want I was just so I was just so, as an artist I was sick and tired of the lying. I'm still sick and tired of the lying. Everybody is. I mean, take the goddamn microphone away from this guy. I mean, that would kill him. He wouldn't know what to do. It's a, yeah, yeah, like watch his head explode. Great. It's like that great scene from um, Monty Python when the guy eats the last drop and then explodes. <laughs> so so um, the election really was what it was. So I started thinking, oh, the word truth. Okay. And then we started the, uh, you know, I just started banding about with my wife, who's a who's a, um, a fiber artist, and we started cracking each other up. I was like, "These are funny!" And so, so the one of the first ones I, I I had just been building a house float, which is how we down. This is how we sort of wind down, go out and harbor, and sit next to Woods Hole, which is a fast-moving body of water that changes all the time. And um, I built this, this house float, and this this the guy who built it said, I got a guy you got to meet. So his name is Denny Grant, and he has a company called Grant 3D, and they are um, they in Falmouth, Massachusetts. And he basically does um, CNC. My builder said, you really should talk to Denny because he could make some of your pieces for you. And uh, the truth is, Project, I mean, Truth Project, not the truth, Truth Project, is uh, really about the word trying to get people to be provocatively engaged. Mm. So the idea is, um, you know, if you make them laugh, they may reconsider their position about truth. Okay. Um, and certainly in the context of these Um, these artworks. Uh, But I gotta tell you, I banged my head on the wall, again, back to the money, trying to make the large pieces, because although I can probably afford to do it, it it, it, it needs buy-in by others to believe, and that is demonstrated, unfortunately, in American society by financial support. It just is. And having been one of the first people who ever did any Kickstarter campaign and successfully, I hated that. Really? I fucking hated that. Because then you become the worst marketer that you've ever f- dreaded. You know, it's like getting it's like getting spam. And you you're making spam. So that's like, oh, I don't want to do that. And and so I, my co-producer Daniel Niden, who uh, is a who's who, you should probably, you should no no you should definitely interview regarding his um, the film project that he's trying to get off the ground called Bollywood and Vine, which right. is based on um, uh, sort of a gay trans version. Of the Norma Desmond story, which, you know, it, it, it is it's wonderful. And he's getting support from people like your very own John Waters. So uh, I said it's Baltimore, but um, Baltimore. Um, did I say that right? Uh,
0: <laughs> Depends on uh, who you ask.
1: Huh?
0: Depends on who you ask. Yeah. Fair <laughs> okay, Fair
1: enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I'm here with childhood friends from West Philadelphia and we love just talking in bad Philadelphia (laughs) ease just because it cracks us up. Um, So going back to the truth, the 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 challenge is how do you um, how do you 64 year old man who's who? has shown consistently for the last forty years, but never had a gallery, primarily because when I was making inflatable things, didn't fit inside the gallery. They were too big, right? So I mean, and then trying to convince gallerists to actually take you on. Mm -hmm. And that's a double-edged sword. So about nineteen eighty seven or eight, my wife who remarkably, her name is Nicole Goldman, and she she actually, um, she got her master's at NYU in uh, an MBA, but in arts administration. So it's kind of a match made in heaven. And we were sort of what like, I don't know why I use heaven as a reference, but you don't understand what I'm saying. So, I mean, basically the thing was to be able to bring um, my work into a larger format and make some money at it. So... We did Goldman Arts and Goldman Arts were these large inflatable sculptures for buildings and mostly for um, um, entertainment companies and for museums and stuff like that. And it was a it was a 20 year period of incredible output. Um, you can see all of it at GoldmanArts.com, uh, which is an ancient site, but, you know, Whatever. You get old and you get tired of doing that crap. So, And I would do it all myself. So I was like, <laughs> um, but I really do think that there is this whole very important um, question that needs to be answered. And the reason I was doing this was to try to prepare for 2024. And I wanted to make sure that this bastard was not getting back in there. Um, just because he single-handedly, as you well know, as probably your audience knows, has 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 completely um, decimated the potential for smooth transitions between elections, which is such a fundamental um, essence of what it is to be a democracy in the United States. Well, I don't think we're united anymore. I think we are 50 or 52, depending on who you're talking to, state, uh, countries. Mm -hmm. Okay? So if I have to get an an abortion, not me, but if if some woman has to get an abortion in a state where that's limited, you have to cross a Mm -hmm. border? This is insane. And all of this is allowed, because lying and truth are at are the game. And so the lying part of it, it becomes, so So I'm trying as an artist to present this word on a platter, basically, and say, look. So one of the first ones that I did with Denny Grant, who made it out of um, MD, MDO, MD, MDF. And I would cover it. So I was in LA and I was, Nicole was uh, looking for some fabric for her, for one of her fiber pieces. And I walk, I was the first one to walk into this big, huge um, fabric supply store. And on the top of this, this was in Venice, California, on top of one of these huge uh, columns was this bright orange, um, like, uh, it's kind of like a rug, but it's bright orange um, fur. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, I want that stuff. That's perfect." Mm-hmm. I didn't expect to go in there get anything and bring it back to Massachusetts. Whatever, so I bought, bought a whole bunch of it and I cut it up and put it around his letters of truth that he had, that he carved with the with the uh, with the carving table, and it's called the Fuzzy Truth. <laughs> and it's bright orange because we know why. And, 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 it's, and, and if you look at it and you crack up, you can't not see it and think that it's humorous. Sure. And, and, and part of what I've always done is try to make people reassess their physical environments by looking at them and going, either, what the fuck is that? On the side of a building, maybe, uh, you know, uh, uh, a thousand, well, uh, 10, 15, 20 stories tall. So for Trump, I made his grand opening for the Trump Taj Mahal, which was a 300 foot ribbon and a 50 foot or 45 by 25 foot bow that got sucked into the into one of the floors when a laser beam hit it. And all of this stuff comes out of my thesis at MIT, where I was writing about uh, uh, large scale performance. Yeah. And I was trying to put together sculpture that performed. I got an NEA Rockefeller Grant in the 80s um, that allowed me to make the first computer controlled inflatable. So when you went up to it, it had little uh, what we call PIRs, which are uh, passive infrared reflectors. And they, and they are in the skin of the sculpture so basically when you go into uh, anybody's house that has those little um, alarms yeah. in there uh, you know that's what that's what a PIR is so it, it has pretty quick, um uh sensing ability to turn on a trigger or in this case use an amiga computer which was a thousand years ago but an amiga computer you can you could write the code for so you wrote some i uh, got somebody to write the code to say when somebody gets in front of this it would trigger uh, a sound loop and the sound loop would play well this piece was called in a lamprey's mouth um, and the reason was because at the time lampreys, which is a, a blood-sucking fish, usually from salt water, mm-hmm. that had invaded the Great Lakes via the canals, right. which is weird, but it it happened, and it really kind of decimated large-scale uh, fish populations in the. So it's a, like a it's like a, um, a habitat hazard if these things cross over and they did and so that's why i made it and but the whole idea of a blood-sucking fish i basically went to dracula the old <laughs> the old dracula you know with um with um what's his name
0: you know Bela lugosi?
1: yeah bella lugosi thank you and 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 bella lugosi uh would be you know there were scenes in it when jonathan harkin go, goes into jonathan Harker goes into the in before he's going to go try to find the 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 count you know um he says we're looking for count dracula and everybody yeah. in the room goes Shh. You know? <laughs> like 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 kind of like nosferatu you know or you know? <laughs> and and then the, the person would say oh but they sucked the blood from the living you know? <laughs> and so that would be one of the loops <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And the thing was, I was trying to make a commentary about um, blood sucking in a technological way. Mm. And actually, what I, I didn't, wouldn't, you know, think about this like 25, 30 years later, that it was pretty prescient. Because AI, our fears now, and our fears of Big Brother, and Mr. Musk with his... With his uh, Starlink system that covers every inch of everything, and technology, you know, it, as somebody who has worked in technology as an artist for many years, I'm suspect because I, even though I use AI for hmm. ideational purposes, uh, it's great that way. The larger uh, enunciation through log- uh, through uh, algorithms w- w- will be very penurious over time, not necessarily positive. And one of my friends here, Billy Lair, whose house this is, he 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 was talking about DDoS, which is I forget the exact um, um, what the acronym stands for, but. Bots are now thinking. Well, 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 the game theory behind thinking about it is about how do you defend yourself from these things. This is like strategic thinking, and and I'm not sure how to address that particularly as an artist. Although I think I was making commentary on that when I made in a lamprey's mouth mm-hmm. because um, you know it was it was trying to make some kind of statement that, you know, be careful what you wish for You're, you know, you, you know, it may be easier for you, but when I see a whole generation looking at the black mirror, <laughs> I, I get really concerned. I get really concerned. And I've been talking about this recently with a lot of folks, you know, when we were kids, home economics mm. was thought of as a complete bullshit waste of time and now i'm thinking oh no it's not because there's so many things that i know not because of being in the kitchen but but, but because uh or, or knowing how to make my own bed but finances yep. they don't teach you that they don't teach you how to die
0: well that's that's one of the things though you like, know you know i have i have these conversations with with folks who have you and you know, I, I wanted to be an artist when I was younger, specifically in comics, right? And um, oh, yeah. got your illustrate all of that stuff. And, yeah. you know, we got to the stage where it's just like, you know, you can consult with your parents. It's like a business really makes more sense for you. Let's do that. Let's go after that. So now both of those kind of serve you know similar purposes having sort of this artistic sensibility and interest in addition to like knowing and having the business savvy to organize something to write an email properly to know analytics and marketing and things of that nature and then you know have these conversations with folks who have recently graduated you know from art school and they're like we don't have any of these bills. Mm. And then suddenly you have someone with an arts administrative background that has the secret sauce that's going to help you find funding and get that exposure that you know many folks crave. And, and and I'm very, you know, you mentioned AI, I'm very sort of suspect of it, you know, because of the nature of what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's so many magic bullets thrown out there of you'll do this to be successful. It's just get, it's just driving you to make content, just sort of on that that thing or what have you. I'll, I'll say like, you know, we we see all of the stuff and we know we have the writer strike and the screen actors goes right. and all that stuff, right? And yeah, yeah. I, I remember,
1: and that's the, that's not going to do anything. But I'll right, right,
0: and and, and and sort of the thing is. I remember, you know, having this meeting and work and we were talking about sort of like AI, ChatGPT, and everyone's like, ooh, it's going to be able to write my stuff a little bit better. I'll be able to do a new resume. And I was like, you guys think this is a bit, this is going to impact your job because you don't know how to use a computer. And I'm, I'm thinking through these things. And when I saw that story about James Earl Jones was retiring from being the voice of Darth Vader, but they still have stuff with Darth Vader. I was like, oh, they have enough of this audio that they can stitch a bunch of stuff together. And I was like, that's going to be used. Not cool. <laughs> and that's cool. one of the things. So, you know, in doing all of these podcasts, you know, over 600 at this point, I was like, I'm just yeah. ready for PI Rob to happen. Just a prompt to pop up. And I was like, I never said that. <laughs> I'm just waiting for it. I'm just waiting for it. It'll never happen. But it is, it is sort of one of those things where, you never know what could happen. Like before, you know, you and I got on this call, I get a call about some, some, you know, from some telemarketer and I'm like, it could be used for something like this. You know, businesses are getting more and more savvy and you hear reports and you you, you and I think that drives a lot of these things. But you, you hear reports, you read reports about these, this next uh, multi-billion dollar company is going to have two employees and everything else is going to be bots and AI and so on and folks think it's a bit and it's a joke and they just kind of keep playing into it and it hits these other areas like i know that the sort of digital space the digital artists what have you graphic designers and all they have to have been impacted
1: oh for sure and 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 again i i'll give you i'll give you billy's um contact yeah. but he you know he's at he's at MIT and he he specializes in the um, uh, telecom space and there are malfeasant um, you know developers uh, who obviously make malware, but they're also you know they're liber- they may be libertarian in their thinking where they want to tear shit down and start over again and frankly, these societally ending things that come from uh, tech that have no laws, where tech, in the course of my lifetime, in the course of time that I spent a lot of time in Silicon Valley doing work, you know, the they are um, not necessarily thinking any differently than. The get rich quick scheme. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line that I've learned, if I've learned anything over the past four years, is you, the only way to get there is work. Art is work.
0: Thank so, you. Thank you for saying so, that.
1: So, <laughs> you know, and it's not necessarily easy work. So, when I see all this stuff, and that's what it is. It's filler. You can call it wallpaper. I call it filler. Yeah. I, you know, like everybody and their brother and saying, see what I did? Aren't I talented? I mean, is this about your ego or is this about trying to add something new that wasn't there before? Okay. So one of the guys that I studied with was named Otto Pina. He died about five years ago um he was german and it was through him that i learned about the ideas of what he had come up with called sky art it was a whole medium that basically was talking about everything having to do with the sky from telecommunications to actual physical artworks like inflatable things in 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 the sky it, it talked about space art it talked about um you know long distance tele telecommunications events all that kind of stuff and it's a different way it's a new way and he came out of germany who was a brown shirter, which meant that he was a nazi as a child because at the end of the war they grabbed any warm body that they could and shoved a weapon in his hand okay and he was a he was he studied philosophy a lot in, when he was coming up, but his whole career, basically as an artist, was to try to um, make peaceful use of the sky, right? Because <laughs> his idea of seeing the sky was uh, you know explosions and death and destruction and all that kind of crap. Um, the same was true of uh, Aldo Tambellini, who was another friend of mine who who was the father of video art. He was in his little, at one point he was growing up in, in um, Italy. He was born in Syracuse, but he, in, in Syracuse, New York, but he, he grew up in Lucca, which is near Pisa. And he's leaning his bike up against the wall. And the next thing he knows, he's on the ground covered in glass. And an and an errant bomb mm-hmm. had had been dropped by B American B-52s after the war. Um, and destroyed everything that he knew. This began a huge um, artistic quest of black. Uh, he was well known as a as the um, sort of the father of experimental theater in New York. Um, with Otto, they both did, found commonality for obvious reasons, um, coming from a destitute to Europe after the war. So, what Otto and his partner, uh, Heinz Mach, had done was they came up with, uh, and a couple other people, uh, came up with the Zero Movement, which there was a show of Zero at the Guggenheim about, uh, I want to say, maybe eight years ago. And the whole point of Zero was, or as he would have said, Group Zero. <laughs> That's really teased him about. Uh, Zero was starting from nothing And what are you This goes back to my Earlier thing about time What are you going to add To the canon It hasn't been there before You know what I'm saying If I see another painting On Cape Cod for example (laughs) Of boats on a beach Please stab my eyes out Because (laughs) I mean it's like That is great for you it's great for your ability to be able to say, see, I rendered this thing. My hand, my eye worked together to choose color, blah, blah, blah. And I ended up with this picture. Okay. okay. But if you don't understand that, the placement of that in time, um, it, it becomes some, an exercise. It doesn't become art, really, in my feeling. which is harsh and critical and all that stuff. But the bottom line is the pieces that we remember, the work that we remember is because it has done something to establish itself, Mm -hmm. to be different, and to be a fresh direction. And really and truly from what I see now, in this country... We still haven't gotten rid of our our issues with race. We certainly will not talk about class. Oh God, that never even, (laughs) that word does not come up. (laughs) I mean, I was just in India about a year or so ago and they say, oh, you know, the Brahmin and all that. That's not really part, and the the, um, untouchables, that's really not part of it anymore. Oh, yeah, bullshit! It's not part of me. I mean, <laughs> right. come on, you know th- this strata is true everywhere. It's humans' way of being able to say, "I'm going to differentiate myself," mm-hmm. right? And part of that is, I would almost say, genetically wired, and um, and I also think that it's important for the next level of artists to be thinking in ways that um, don't just train you to be able to know how to draw, which I do fundamentally feel is a critical ability. But it can be, oh, wait a minute. This light just broke. It's it's an LED light. How am I gonna fix that? And now uh, they have just outlawed incandescence, and every light bulb has a board in it. Okay? The light bulb in the back of my car, turn signal, okay, is going blink, 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 blink. It's telling me it's out. Mm-hmm. Right? So I go back there, and what I'm talking to you about is the commonsensical approach of the light bulb is broken i have to go replace it right right this is my little lewis black (laughs) (laughs) i love that guy uh so i go in there and i take out the light bulb and i swap it in a scientific way okay with the one that i know does work right does that one turn yes it does it goes on so it's not the light bulb it's something in the wiring harness or It could be a board, in which case I am F-U-C-K-E-D, right? (laughs) Because I cannot figure out how to fix that. Right. Not in a million years. So that's the weird road we've gone down. You know, I'm sitting in this 19th century house right now, um, and I think about its simplicity. And I look around, and, you know, when I used to teach design, I would say, look around this room. Everything you've seen has been designed, mm. and that's for a very long time. Okay, and the whole process of design is about refinement. It's about thinking about it. Buckminster Fuller was a great designer. He called himself a comprehensive. Uh, 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 he called himself a comprehensive design scientist. Not an architect like most people think he was, he was really just a mathematician. But he but the geodesic dome could not have happened obviously without math, right? And we are afraid of it. And now because of COVID, we have this extreme drop in what students are learning. You know, because of this very medium that you and I are speaking on now. And 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 while this is important this kind of communication between the two of us remotely not possible 10 years ago okay that's an advancement but when anybody listening or once it gets published what happens to it who gets turned on to how many other followers come in and 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 randomly come on to me because God knows why. You
0: know? <laughs> but you're, you're super interesting. That's one thing. <laughs> oh well, that's true. But <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting here. I've I've barely talked. You've made my yeah. I know. I'm job sorry
1: about easy. that. I I'm a babbler. I just,
0: no, no, no. I you just, made my job super easy. I mean, you're knocking <laughs> out questions as we've gone along. I'm like, well, you kind of answered that one. <laughs> well, I, I I did actually write answers to your questions. I just didn't I
1: didn't send them to you, so you could have. So the dialogue sort of, but I was going to tell you, um, we were like, you asked me again about the inspiration of truth. I mean, for three years, me and several other people stood out at Falmouth Green in Falmouth, Massachusetts, protesting Trump every Saturday for an hour, every Saturday, every Saturday. (laughs) And you know, we'd have signs. We would, you know, play music. We'd scream at the top of our heads, and inevitably, you'd have some axhole, as my as my daughter when she was a kid would call. <laughs> Daddy, my my mother asks her, "Why did you call that that bad driver a, an axhole?" Because that's what they are. They're axholes. That's what Daddy says, anyway. <laughs> so, so. You've got some guy coming up and he's a Trumper and he's like, you know, waving his Trump flag and screaming at us. Well, it's winter about mm, two years ago and we didn't have a lot of snow, but the snowplow guy is coming and he's actually supposed to be in Woods Hole, which is four or five miles away. But he charges us. Yes. And we're all geezers. And some of us much older than me. Like there's a, there was a 90 year old with us and he charges us and there's like a little bit of water and melting snow and mostly you know stones and shit like that so he charges us from a good 50 yards away speeds up i mean this is a willful act and he sprays us with this with whatever it is from he lowers he lowers at the at the 50 yards away is the post office he lowers his scoop and he charges us and then we get covered the guy loses his job, young kid. Uh, but the in the in the course of us taking it to court, I thought that the judge was very, um, you know, on it. She she figured she got it, and she said, "You have to write each one of these people a letter of apology." Now he wrote us a letter, but it was not an apology. And after that, I I just thought, okay, the guy lost his job, but he did a really bad thing and he knew it was bad. And then he went to the bottom of the of the of the green. You know, it's like a it's like this. And he drives around like this and he's down here and he waits and we're all watching him getting our cameras out. And he comes back and he does it a second time. So not only is it willful, yes. it's willful with malice of intent, okay I'm getting into the legal side of it only to say that I think she dropped the ball and and that leads me again to truthfulness. This guy's lying He's right. not, he gets away with it, and somehow the justice angle of this drops the ball. What are we doing? Hmm. So, I mean, it's not, nobody died. If somebody had had a heart attack, then it would have been a legally challengeable position and we could have probably done worse to this poor kid. But my point is this, what is it that makes this guy think that he, he sees these people who are protesting and he thinks, oh, these faggots are whatever his craziness is. And he goes and he does this action, which is just heinous. And I don't really have an answer to that because there's always a bunch of wackos and always going to be crazies and people who have guns, you know, yeah. for, for hunting anything with a AR-15. This is nuts. This is just crazy. So one of the truths, I don't know if you saw it, but it's the whole truth, which is truth with bullet holes. When are we going to deal with that? I mean, there's truth behind that. People die. Right. And they don't, and then the adjudication that comes to that, the other end of it, when anybody walks, it's just, I just don't get it. I don't really want to pay for somebody's life in prison, but I don't want them killed. It's not going to get the other person back. We all know that. So these conundrums are what I wrestle with as an artist. When I try to think about how can I do something that will draw attention, um, it's kind of like a combination of advertising and uh or at least using the tricks of the advertising trade as a and i'm not talking about billboards because i think that that has become um kind of a uh flash in the pan kind of draw as something for for presenting organizations to say that we can show your work um you know and, and it's something close to those uh formerly abusive places that say, Oh, but you're going to get so much exposure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I want that's, to just like
0: walk away. That's, that's, that's sort of the thing where, you know, I had a, I had a meeting today uh, about it and, you know, I, I call it a shotgun meeting, you know, where I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm thinking like, Oh, okay. This is what I have to offer. We're on the same page. Let's talk it through. This could be a collaboration, a partnership, and it was somehow a different tone. And this this meeting's been pushed back a couple of times. And I'm like, okay, so why does this feel like I'm auditioning? I don't need to audition, you know? And, and, and I say that with all the ego and stank attached to it. It's just like, you know, I've been doing this podcast and, you know, for four years or, you know, over mm-hmm. four years at this point, but I've been a podcaster for nearly 15. So it's not mm-hmm. like i'm one of these as as the the 90s would say one of these new jacks but i've been around for a while in you know going to it just sort of that i think that correlation um the truth in this art you know as a title one it was kind of a play on something i heard kevin smith say in the podcast and i was like super pretentious i like it i think it's funny but also it really resonated with me because of the trump thing about talking about baltimore's just a city with rats And I'm like, and I'm I'm hearing this all the time, right? For pretty much through college. So now almost 20 years, and maybe not, maybe more of the place that you're from with the people that you love and the people that you care about, they aren't good, but we're going to call it something different. Baltimore is a city that is predominantly black. Yes. We don't don't show that externally. Yeah, we don't, we don't show that externally. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to go to Philly. But we don't yeah. show that externally. We rather show these different elements because it's a little bit more sanitized. And folks that are doing things that are more reflective of the community here. Yeah, we'll throw you guys a bone. We'll give you a little exposure here and there, but we're gonna underpay you. We're gonna like under, you know, represent you. And and that's sort of what it is. It speaks to sort of the larger thing. So my thinking is through interviews, I let people say what they want. You know, it's it's within a framework. But I let well, people do the what they of podcast. Want. Period. And being independent in it, there's a lot yes. of these weird dudes that have the same microphone, same setups. And I'm supposed to believe, you know, and we're supposed to believe that, oh, you guys, you know, got it out the mud. You started from the bottom. It's like, no, you have financial backing and your message has somebody's nipples hard. So that's what's going to happen. And so, me being, you know, relatively independent, a little funding here and there, but an independent voice. It's just like, well, I'm to talk to these people. Well, we don't think they're, they're hot. We don't think they're interesting. Well, I do. Well, how are you curating this? The way that I want to. And, you know, what comes with it is what comes with it. Well, I, I,
1: I do. I get that. And I think that, you know, a large part of um, the growth of citizen journalism is phenomenal. And... I I should tell you, though, I took my kids out of school after 9-11, and we went around the world because because we could and because I wanted to show them the world that this is the time to say the world will embrace us, and they did. About when we got back, of course, was the shit show. But but as we did that, and now I'm seeing – um what's his name Giuliani going down hard um but but my my whole my whole thing was you know let's expose the kids to the rest of the world, and um you know, I think it was a great experience for both of them it's that's why my daughter specializes in contemporary Italian art because she's been to Italy many times and, and and part of that is because she's fortunate but also part of it is because she worked really hard to do that stuff. Um her specialty is Catalan Maurizio Catalan who is sort of the 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 modern I would say heir to Duchamp really carrying the torch of, of conceptualism. And um I could I could wax poetic about his work for hours but the bottom line is that that you need a fresh outlook and being independent and being an independent producer is an uphill climb Mm -hmm. but don't you it's very hard to look at it when you have to eat by it it's very um Difficult. I mean, I growing up in Philadelphia, uh, all of our influences were black. I mean, West Philadelphia was predominantly black. It was University of Pennsylvania. My father was a professor. But, you know, it, it kind of was, um, you know, you went in any one direction and you were in gang gang territory. And that was in the time of gangs when, um, you know, you just knew. I remember... We're, we're driving on like on 44th street and we get pulled over and i know that the cops were thinking what the hell are these white boys doing crossing market street <laughs> seriously and i was like you know at that time we had a lot of Hmong, you know uh uh um the Southeast Asian yeah. uh, culture among and and they taken up like this whole set of blocks in West Philly I don't know if they're still there but I was like the these these the, you know that was to me a real boom in the city's understanding of um supporting refugees because that's what that was it was what happened as a result of the Vietnam War Mm-hmm. And huge amounts of guilt for that, and maybe big, maybe guilt can do a good thing. Uh, you know the the whole the whole Jewish thing. You know does, they don't have a they don't have a um, lock and key on guilt, nor do the Catholics. You know it's just a matter of being able to think about how you can how your behavior and your actions are going to influence somebody else. And most people do not think that when they drop the the shit out the window that they're going to. At, at, at 50 miles an hour they don't care and this stuff is coming coming back and kicking our asses this is why i did another reason why i did truth which is the largest piece which is the one that i was trying to raise money for which is called truth lost at sea which um is about 10 feet tall and 44 feet long uh, the word truth, but it's to be on the water without seeing the platform that it's actually sitting on. So the platform is subsurface, and um all you see is the word, as if to say you're you're on a boat and you see. What the hell? Did I just read truth out there? It, 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 the closest thing that I can come to is is actually Catalan, who did this piece called La Nona Ora which is about the Stations of the Cross, I think, among other things, but it's it's for the Polish Biennale, the first Polish Biennale, curated by a Jewish uh, curator who gets fired, but um, it's a piece of this, of, you know, he does everything in effigy, so it's all like these uh, museum, that wax museum quality images, and this was of the Pope, of the Polish Pope, and he's in all the, the vestments and the crook and the little booties and on the trail of his vestments is a meteor that has crashed through the skylight so you think about this and you go what is he saying here is he saying that you know god like zeus is like going that motherfucker boom you know <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> because because you know the arbitrary nature of the of religion as a concept or it which the evangelicals cling to. I heard a story today by one of my old friends here who's talking about one of his buddies who became a brigadier general hmm. which is like a baby general right? I, I learned today. And um one of the things that this guy did uh was, um, you know, uh, amazing stuff with uh, telemetry, I think. You know, it was down in the, I think he was in the um, South Pole and he was Murdo. you know. Um, why was I telling you that? Space, the final frontier. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> um, I lost my train. It's all, good. Um, it's all good. So, so let, let me let me reset real quick. Um, yeah, yep. I have I have one last sort of like real question I want to ask you. Yeah, and I definitely want to hit you with these rapid fire questions too. Yeah, yeah, I, go ahead. I think you'll have some interesting takes here. Okay. So, um, you know, in and, and, and I have like it's funny I have your email open so I've been peeking back and forth as you've been describing things. Oh like, yeah,
1: oh, there we go. <laughs> so, I kind of touched on everything I wrote in those things.
0: So, so in it, talk about like you know like. Mm-hmm. what's what's like sort of next like working okay. with you know a lot of diverse like within a diverse projects or what have you and, and invest really being a heady individual like I feel like I've learned like a million things which is great I can okay. actually act like I'm more interesting right now um <laughs> but what's next for you like what what are like things that's that a you good can question
1: man I mean uh okay so I mean unfortunately I have friends who are um, who are in critical places? One is Joe, who I as I said, I want to help him with his biplane. Um, but that's not a big thing. I just I'll I will sew the 1896 version. This was built from a um, 1896 set of plans, like the Wright brothers. Yeah. So he went and he mapped out all the, the actual skins yeah. for the wings, and I'll probably sew those for him. Yeah. But that's not a big deal. I mean, for me, I, I, I kind of try to spend my time painting whatever comes into my head or learning from the paint, which means, you know, seeing where the paint leads you. Um, I will still try to pursue the truth. I'm working with Daniel for one, another friend who was a major screenwriter who wrote, who wrote a screenplay that you will flip if I told you the name of it. We'll talk off mic. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, he, he's had a serious crisis. And so I'm, I'm spending a lot of time and he lives in, he lives in California, so it's kind of going back and forth, which is, so I've just, my my co-producer and I have, have now taken on the um, uh, power of attorney to try to deal with that. And you know, you start, the older you get, you reach a point like we are in, like now my wife and I, where you're managing um, a previous generation's care. So that's a lot of my time these days, is trying to figure out how I can, help and be of service to other people really that's what it is um in terms of the artwork um i i i, I spend a lot of time trying not to get uh too caught up in career yeah. now that i'm 64 and it's impossible to get traction um not because i'm not trying I, so. I spoke to very very high value Individuals have pitched them Constantly And went to the high line And talked to them and Because I thought maybe We could go across the river With the Truth Lost at Sea I wanted to do that from Storm King yeah. uh, Across to the Beacon to, to Beacon to Which would be great And Truth Lost at Sea Is kind of um, You know a poignant thing because it's about have we just not have we just given up on truth Mm -hmm. and therefore it is in this kind of limbo and then i wanted to be able to build and i'm still going to be working towards this but getting a show that would actually see all the different ramifications of truth that I've come up with, of which there's many at this point, and um, try to have a, an exhibition that discusses this during the 2024 election. That's really was my key, but it's you know, I it's a matter of who you know, and I do know a lot of people who are looking to do that on the artistic side, but not on the curator on the curatorial side and it's if you're if i'm not young uh a tuval Tuvalin, uh throat singer who is transsexual or you know somebody from uh you know who who whose mother was a penguin and whose father was uh a a, a a walrus um you know oh that's interesting you know <laughs> yeah it's like banging your head against the wall and it goes back to that old Aegis of, wait a minute, do I have to be dead to get seen?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I'm like, okay, so now what I've been doing of late is something that's really important. And that's about archiving and trying to figure out um, digital asset archives uh i had a drobo for for many many years and now it's it's basically failed i should know that company no longer exists and so i'm now as we speak i have a very talented young guy who's trying to save as much as he can so I don't have to go spend thousands, tens of thousands of dollars to try to resuscitate 20 terabytes of data and some of that is like my photographs. some of that is like the documentation of old pieces sometimes it's documentation of recent pieces I, I, I have to see it Um, And literally next week I will be looking at that. But this is going to be a huge problem as everybody's little cell phone uh, um, collection in the cloud is somehow corrupted, available for malfeasant use. Or like you were saying with AI, uh, you know, deep fake stuff can happen. and, And all of this means basically the end of Fight Club, which is a hint.
0: I like, that. a, I like that. I like that.
1: So I mean, I, I really want to believe that it's possible, so I can tell this to young artists who are, who are who struggle with it. It's it's like most people who see the United States see it as this place that is paved with gold and they're nothing farther from the truth, that life is difficult, period. And it doesn't matter what field you are in. Unless you have a golden spoon in your mouth, because you have been to Harvard and you and you went to all the the the, the you know the privileged classes uh, gateways, and you um, found a sponsor or something like that, and you get in, it's mercurial, it's capricious, it's 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 and it, it can be meaningless. So Jeff Koons can make these things and make conversations about um about you know uh kitsch. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. That's a good that's a worthwhile thing to say. But what is it saying about the time and it it only talks about money. Mhm. And status, especially on the back page of the New York Times, where you'll see one of his, you know, balloon dogs or something as a feature for the piece of real estate that they're selling. Mm-hmm. This is like selling the color of the painting to match the sofa that it is in front of, which That's- not even get to the insulting part of that. I'm getting to the par- part that talks about cultural relevance and people do not get that because it is not taught
0: i'll I'll throw, I'll, throw, I'll throw this at you like you know when i have these conversations with with people who like you can't fake enthusiasm right you can't fake interest go right. and I'm like, oh, tell me more feed me more feed me more john and you know you, you have those sort of conversations with people but when you know going to what you were you were touching on it's sort of this other thing that happens of who's the safer option? Who's the safer bet? How can we bank on this person? So that's the spot that I'm it's in about here. risk. Yeah. And folks don't. And I think, you know, I've heard different people who I, I kind of dig who will say, like, we don't do things that are risky here. You hear it all the time when it comes to film. This movie didn't make what we thought it was should make. So we're not going to release it. We don't think this movie's going to be successful. So we're not going to release it. I would rather the movie come out suck. Or find us audience, or whatever it's going to be, and that's sort of the thing. It's always a crapshoot. Any of these interviews are crapshoots. Totally. Sure. come in. I've I've had folks come on that are super like just buzzed out. That have been smoking way too much weed. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I know I'm prepared. I don't know what you're going to do, but that's that's sort of what it is. Right, right, right. We right. want these these sort of short bets. You know, Why would you do that? Why would you do that? I mean, sometimes people get super nervous. I'll I'll say that much. Oh, I see. Well, that's possible. Yeah, and 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 that's fine. And you know, I've I've described this podcast as a version of uh, like blind dates. Like you're going, yeah. like I yes. don't know, what we're gonna get right. Yeah, it it is, and I've been and kind I've of heard that mm-hmm. when I listen. so
1: i mean like there was a woman who was talking and she was like saying nothing at one point i was like what the fuck does that mean i'm not this is not to diss them or you in any way but that keeps it fresh Mm -hmm. and i think i you know i totally respect that that's the same thing as i'm saying about zero and, and and about trying to understand coming up with something that hasn't been done before that's a, it's hard to do that it's that's why i said art is work and it's hard work because if you know if you're not just pulling something out of your ass or you're just coming up with something that you think is particularly beautiful mm-hmm. that's one thing but if you think that it has cultural purpose right yeah. that takes will and the will part of it is increasingly difficult
0: yeah that's that's been the um the sort of theme for the day i've had a few conversations and you know prior to this that really was bringing home that point point. and you know and and i'll close on this before we get to those rapid fire ones i want to throw to you mm-hmm. that you know fighter you know, I just, you know, for someone like me and I think a lot of folks, it's just like just keep doing the stuff that you're into. And and that and that's just what it is. Um, you know that's and,
1: what Otto told me. Yeah. He said, keep drawing. And so, you know, I I have books and books and books
0: of drawings. I mean, and that's and that's sort of the thing, you know, you just keep doing your thing and
1: this is where I am.
0: Nice. That oh, is it's it's beautiful for Okay. Uh, this is my fr- This is not my friend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I won't say who that is.
1: <laughs> well, it's not. It's not. It's not Billy Lair. It's supposed to be, but but this is. Oh, and but this this I like, got. Like, I like this. That's it's great. A thistle. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, this is him. Better. That's great. So I mean, but the point is you just keep doing and that's what I tell everybody is you really need don't I know it gets discouraging. I mean, I have been turned down for things all the time. Mm-hmm. And but I just gotta keep doing it. I mean, you just you don't really when you're an artist, you really don't have a choice about this. You, get push- you, get, <laughs> you wake up and you're doing this thing or or like um you know, you're playing music and When the other person and you play some jazz thing where you're, where you're trying to work something out and you both end on the same point, you are cracking up. You're thinking it's hilarious. (laughs) It's hilarious because it's like this weird juxtaposition, and you both come to the same place at the same time. It's just fun. Oh yeah, and that's what. So the answer to your first question was (laughs) what I want to be doing. Is geezering smoking pot and being with uh, friends and playing music all the time because that's a great art form.
0: I love it. So yeah. let me hit you with these rapid fire questions. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. So, you know, you don't want to overthink these because you know how it goes. Yep. It. yep. All right. Um, so I, I see sort of, you know, you've you've exhibited in multiple places. You've traveled, obviously. Mm-hmm. What is the like most inspirational place you've visited? Hands down Bali. Um, when you look at some of your like earlier work, like desc- describe like the feeling of like a particular piece, like when you think back and you look at it. I hate listening to some of my old episodes. I'm like, yo, I was. Not oh yeah, yes, a- yeah, 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 yeah or I like, it. okay, I used to be funnier, you know. It's one of. It's one of- <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Well, I can't I, to, to answer that question. I'm going to answer it with the answer to one of the questions you sent me an email, which is how did I get in? How did I start doing this? When was the first, what was the first memory of this? And, and the Philadelphia museum of art is where we would go as kids every weekend with my parents and all, and to me and my brother, my middle brother, Benjamin is, are both painters. And my youngest brother, uh, is a, is a musician and is a, um, do you know a digital performer for MIDI MIDI Indian? He's sort of an expert at that. They call him up to ask him how the thing works. I'm not kidding. And, and so I think that that, I think that that exposure to things like Duchamp's big glass, you know, uh, are springboards and you don't know it at the time, you know, for us, my brothers and I, we'd be like, fuck this. We want to go out and play. (laughs) <laughs> right. But, but you do it every weekend and it becomes part of your life and it becomes part of your culture. And, you know, every place I go now, whether I was just in Ireland and, and in England, I seek out the cultural things. I go to the museums. I go to the galleries. I go to the theater. You know, if I can see music, we see music, but that's less, that's less so because I have specific um, feelings about recorded stuff, and I like it sometimes better than having to be next to somebody that's going to sneeze on me. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: nah, that's that's great. I, I, I do something very similar. I'm looking for – there's two things I'm looking for when I get to a place. where it's the coffee? Where's the culture? I'm looking for, yeah. like, where's the yeah. sort of, like, queer neighborhood because I know that the food's going to be fire for one. Two yeah. – uh, it's going to be like pretty clean uh, and it's a nice cross section <laughs> of different people. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. And, you know, and I and I say this with all of the, you know, so, sort of love and respect that's there. And, you know, and, and the goal is to try to travel more and take more of this okay. on the road, because I think this is how you. I think that's it. a good
1: idea. Huh. I think that's a very good idea.
0: I, I, I mean, uh, this
1: puts me in a very, Weird position because I have traveled around the world probably three times, and um I, I don't think I can do that anymore, not because of my age, but I don't think that I feel I feel like that's a big carbon problem. And I don't walk around carrying those those issues on my sleeve, yeah. but at some point, we have to take responsibility for what we do and I'm lucky, my kids are lucky, I will still travel, but I will try to not do that. And if I can if I can take a boat, I'm gonna take a boat. Yeah, I hear you. So, so like like I just spent we took an eight-hour ferry ride mm-hmm. from Liverpool to Belfast, hundreds of wind turbines right off of Martha's Vineyard, which is where I live. Uh, they're putting in the first offshore wind, but the NIMBY response from the parochial parochial side of the town that I live in is insane. You know, like power, power lines under the ground radiating something that will give us all leukemia. This is insane because right. you don't know the science. Yeah. If you think you know the science, you're full of shit. Do my own research. Yeah. Well, that's the problem, you see. (laughs) Look, the the problem with the world right now is everybody has an opinion. And I, the older I get, maybe I, the fact, I, I, I joke when I say this about the fascist side of things that I kind of don't think most people should have an opinion. But I certainly wish people would listen more and talk less. I should be the, I should be the first one to be doing that. <laughs> I talk way too much, as you know.
0: Um. So you you, you kind of touched on this a, a second ago. You were showing me your um for for those with not with the, without the visual. You were showing me some of the uh, sketches and some of the the paintings you you were doing in your book. Uh, are you more inclined to be a nighttime creator or a morning creator? Good question. Nighttime. I dig it. So this is Night- the last one. This is the last one. I got to know it. Because I, I I'm picking up some sensibilities. I feel like there's the Air Sign vibe there. I don't know if you're an Aquarius, but I'm feeling that vibe. I am, I same, am. same, gang. Yeah, hell yeah, let's bang it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is your <laughs> go- January 26th. twenty sixth twenty twentieth? There
1: you
0: go. Yeah, I'm right there on the cusp. Just but uh, yeah. What is your what is your go to snack? It doesn't have to be you know healthy. It just has to be good. What is your snack? Go- yeah.
1: Well, as a diabetic, uh,
0: fruit. Okay. Any particular fruit? It's
1: usually apples, but it can be those little tiny um, clementines. I
0: like clementines. Oh, oh yeah. man, I like a nice. Uh, I mean, I mean
1: you have to understand. I, my mother, my mother was from New Orleans, and and I grew up with Creole food. So I grew up with red beans and rice. Mm. And jambalaya and and briods and grits, and you know, that kind of stuff. So, it, so I always the spiciness, and my and the, and between her and my wife, there's there's a restaurant that it could be
0: Michelin five star. Yeah. Um, my mom's pre diabetic, my dad's got oh, yeah. the hot, the, the high blood pressure, or what have you. So, it's just like, yeah, hey,
1: yeah. here's, here's yeah. everything. Are they from? Are they from Bo- from baltimore too yes ah.
0: I, I i will say this i'll throw this out there because i think like, you'll appreciate it i may relocate to new orleans i've been six times really? I was the second favorite city outside of baltimore damn skippy of new orleans and uh i already have a new orleans alias everything Robo Delacroix. Well, make
1: sure you keep in touch with me because i've my grandfather was the youngest of 10 brothers and sisters so i have a fucking huge family there Oh, yeah. And they were part of the cultural. My grandmother started the orchestra. Wow. Yeah, a long time ago. She studied with, and I tell you this, she studied with um, the woman who was teaching Paul Robeson in the next room in Vienna. She trained to be a, um, an opera singer. Wow. Yeah. And that's how I got to Joe Papp because she was, she was also on Nixon's enemies list. Now my mother's gay, which is fine. Um, And she's been with her partner for four years with somebody I deeply love. So both my mothers are are cool peeps and, you know, fight the good fight, have long fought the good fight. In fact, if you want to see a great short animation of mine, if you go on to my Vimeo site, which is, I think, Thought Balloon Media. Mm -hmm. um, There's a piece called Lever, L-E-V-E-R. And it show it's a story, a very short piece that's basically archival footage of her holding my my middle brother when he was probably about two uh, in Woods Hole, um, talking about her reminiscences of why she got into politics in mm-hmm. Philadelphia, and that's because she saw this guy when when a poll when somebody who went. So the poll said, I don't know how to do this. This is in the old days when you had to do levers and shit like that. And so she, 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 she sees this guy and he says, oh, that's easy. All you do is this. He opens the thing, the curtain up, and he votes for his choice in demoing it to this woman. My mother goes, that ain't right. There's something really wrong with that. And that's the beginning of, I would say, 65 years or maybe even more, 70 years of political engagement. No, 65, I think. You know, I think um, we need more engagement. I think people really, really need to, um, they need to listen to what is going on. I just, you know, I just, don't, I mean, the last couple of days, because I've been up here and it's sort of out of touch, the whole thing with Trump, um, we're ready for the perp walk and we're really ready for the champagne because that bastard has to go away for so many reasons. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying Joe Biden is the best guy to walk down the block, although the shit that he's accomplished in a short time, it's really remarkable he did a lot of stuff that i would never agree with the whole Anita Hill thing was horrible and we have we have you know Clarence asshole Thomas doing what he does because and his wife doing because you know he was asleep on the on the on the ball but infrastructure bill all these other major things everything is political mm-hmm. So if you don't want to look at the politics, you're a goddamn coward. And that's just if you want to be a patriot, don't you don't have to wear a damn hat that says make America great again. What you need is to get involved. You need to vote. You need to understand the sanctity of voting and why that is such a critical and important part of who you are as an American. And it's, you know, if you want to change, change it that way don't change it by armed insurrection. That, those guys should all be in jail.
0: 100%. I mean, this is
1: not new, and every, I'm not the first person to say this. You
0: know, no, but, um, And I
1: tell you, as an artist, being political and having the graphic still skills is really an endurance test more than anything. It's an endurance test. How do you, how do you sustain over that amount of time? You know, I used to ask my mother, I said, don't you get tired of protesting this shit? She's got this thing, the brand the granny brigade. And now that I'm a grandfather, I'm like, oh, can I join? <laughs>
0: anyway. But yeah, um, let me let me close out here. Um, yeah. this is this has been, you know, wonderful. And you know, I want to yeah. again thank you for for taking the time to chat with me. This has been um just eye-opening and just a lot. It's been great. Um and I want to invite. I always good to talk to another Aquarius, by the way. Uh, I, want, <laughs> I want to invite and encourage you to share with the folks uh, where they can check out your work, um, social media, website. In these final moments, the floor is yours.
1: Oh, okay. Well, uh, here I got. I have a. Li- I mean, I, I think because it's um, because it's a podcast, there should do you put in. Um, I'll put it in the show notes okay. as well. Okay, cuz I think that's really the best way to do it because the things get too long. Wow. But I mean I the, I can just tell you that if you are on Instagram, that's really where I post most live stuff. And these days actually I've been playing music on Sundays. Um all the kids call me Django. So I it's like Django performs, you know, Django paints, Django sculpts, all these kinds of yeah. things. so So, I mean, that's really sort of my life these days. I don't do Facebook anymore because I think it's both for geezers and for just keeping up with your high school chums. Um, But uh, in terms of, you know, Vimeo, it's uh, Thought Balloon Media, and that's a lot of work, which includes a great piece, which I wish more people would see. Which is called Occupy Santa, and the story behind it's all it's a it's a great little piece. It basically says I'm 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 giving away all these um, inflatable costumes, and I just give them to strangers who don't necessarily know each other, and then you make in in you make instant community. So it's kind of like how do you make community as an art form? Again, this is about trying to come up with something that's not been done before and trying to make artwork that is fresh and not a repeat and that's a challenge it's a real challenge so that's the best that i know
0: and there you have it folks i want to again thank john goldman for coming on to the podcast and sharing a bit of his journey with us and i'm rob lee for john goldman saying that there's art culture and community in and around your neck of the woods you've just got to look for it Thank you